part of my personal belief and and what I cling to for my own optimism is that there's a little bit of good in everybody. You know, businesses are made up of people. And so I kind of start with this fundamental belief that there's a little bit of good in every business. So as I was unpacking and, and talking to other people, sometimes I would, you know, just see the reactions like, well, but I work at, you know, name whatever corporation, what good am I going to be able to do? And I'm like, no, 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 you, you don't understand. Like you're, you can be a part of your, the supply chain and trying to think through better decisions. And we're seeing corporate America make some changes. We're seeing a focus of how do we use DEI in our supply chain? How do we, you know, add diversity in, in our hiring practices? How do we have a clean impact? How do we source raw materials without destroying everything in the process? So the change that we want to see in the world is going to require that all of us are participating. On today's episode of the Social Enterprise Alliance podcast, we'll actually be interviewing my co-host, David Gaines. David Gaines is the chief visionary for La Terza Coffee and author of the new book, Radical Business, The Root of Your Work and How It Can Change the World. As David discovered the business model of social enterprise, he saw how all businesses could make the world a better place, and that realization changed everything. Well, welcome, David. Well, Welcome. <laughs> That's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. Got a little bit of a switch up here. <laughs> yep, yep. Very cool. Well, I'm so excited to talk about your book, Radical Business. It actually came out today. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So here we are. It's um, It's been quite a journey that probably started 10 years ago that led me to social enterprise. And, and we'll get into that, I'm sure. But uh, yeah. it is it is what I'm most excited about is this this world of social enterprise. So to be able to write and and put all that together and to help people along the journey is just uh, a dream come true. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I actually got an advanced copy of the <laughs> book, which is, that's cool. That's the first time that's ever happened to me. So um, I enjoyed digging into it. Um, and I just want to say, like, I really appreciate the tone of the book. First of all, it's very conversationally written. So I feel like it'll be, it's, it's just very accessible for all levels of comfortability with the topic of social enterprise, which is, I think, your your, your intended purpose. Um, but it's also very optimistic. Um, it's about setting, you know, gentle and realistic goals for increasing your social impact and just that idea that all progress is important. Um, so I just, I think that's really cool. Like, that's a really great way to approach a, a topic like this. Yeah, well, that's, that's fantastic. Um, you and I have not had a chance to talk about yeah. reading the book. So um, that that absolutely was the goal. And I think that, you know, when we think about the social impact that we have, it just can be so overwhelming sometimes. Um, mm. Most people I know in this sector, you know, uh, other members, whenever we've gathered locally from SEA chapter meetings or whatever, we all tend to be an optimistic bunch. But the work is is can also be very overwhelming and draining. And so mm. I think it is important to realize the small things can make a big difference. And, um, you know, and, and it's lots of little small things that add up to the big things. Uh, so that's definitely one of the messages I wanted to convey. And I'm glad to hear it reflected back that that's what you're walking away with. 
Yeah, absolutely. Message received for sure. Um, so that kind of, you know, I think there is an element of this of this book that is directed towards people who are already in this space. But when you were writing it, who is the target audience of this book? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. Um, it really is not people that are in this sector. I think that there is a very specific message for social enterprise uh, folks or entrepreneurs. And, and that message is, you know, what impact are you doing now? How can we help you deepen in that impact? But also, like, if your area of work is going to be in, like, a justice category, how are we thinking about um, the supply chain? So we have a lot of members that make and sell a lot of different products. That, and that's all really good and important work and, and huge components of what it means to be a social enterprise. Maybe the next conversation after that, after you become profitable and, and, and see some of your impact, you begin to ask other questions like how can you make sure that the raw materials used to make that product are better for the environment? So there's always a little bit more, I think, that we can be um, working towards. And so that's hopefully a message that's part of the book. Yeah, absolutely. But for, for sure, the specific target audience is going to be a, just a small to medium-sized business owner. Um, more and more people that are taking over their parents' businesses or starting um, new mom-and-pop stores. And, and a lot of people that I know that are in the tech startup world, they are kind of automatically asking about, okay, well, here's what we're going to do. Also, this is an, an area of impact that we're looking into. And so um, I wanted to empower decision makers. So if you manage or, or own a small to medium-sized business, you can make decisions pretty quickly. And uh, you know, throughout the book, I try to make case studies actually why social impact concepts are, at the end of the day, more profitable um, than a traditional business. So... Uh, I really am trying to empower the decision maker, and that's that's who I wanted to write the book for the most. That's awesome. Very, very cool. And how, how did this book come to be? What was the initial idea that you had, and how did it morph and change through the process? Yeah, I mean, that's I can tell you exactly where I was at when I asked myself a question um, that, that began this whole process. So as you mentioned, I own a coffee roasting business here in Cincinnati. I did not start that business. A friend of mine did. He was amazing at coffee. And at that moment in my life, I, I owned a small business. I cleaned carpets. Um, and, and I had one or two employees, but it was mostly me doing the work, but I was really only doing the work about half time. The reason why I started that business was so that I could work at a nonprofit without having to depend on that organization for my salary. Um, so I was successful in terms of I did accomplish that, but I hit a pretty low ceiling. I couldn't grow the business beyond me working. Um, I couldn't really have the impact that I wanted to do. I wanted to do more work in impact spaces, um, but I was always tied to choosing to make sure I could earn income and pay my bills as well as seeing what kind of social impact I could have. So I entered the space by consulting my friend, I was reading a lot about business. I was always trying to think of, uh, I am more of a future thinker. And so I'm trying to think through strategy and branding and marketing. And my friend was not really, he didn't care about any of that. He like, he, he just loved coffee and serving people. 
And so I, I connected with him and, and was starting to do some consulting work. Um, but what was fascinating about his model was here he was as a for-profit business, but the more that he grew his organization, the more impact he would have. Like they were very related. So just in the coaching aspect, um, it, it became clear that it was a good fit for, for us to become partners, essentially. And he could go do the coffee and the thing that he really cared about the most. And I could help think through growth and strategy and ultimately deepening our impact. But through that process, I was like, okay, he is a good, quote unquote, good company. Well, what other good companies are out there? And what does it even mean to be good? And those two questions are what led me down this path of what social enterprise is. I, I wasn't even familiar with um, the phrase social entrepreneurship or social enterprise at that moment in time. So, um, yeah, so yeah, that's the question. It's a really hard one to answer. And <laughs> that's what uh, I wrestled with that, you know, for a long, long time and, and asked lots of different people what their opinions were. And, and those conversations are what really what led to the framework of the book. That's great. Yeah, that's awesome. It definitely feels informed by a lot of that experience in the field and kind of figuring out some of these concepts for yourself while also pulling from a community of impact workers. So that's, that's awesome. Um, you talked about how, you know, you didn't really know the term social enterprise. And I think that's probably a really relatable thing for a lot of people that are going to be reading this book. Um, but you also talk about the importance of the social enterprise label. Towards the beginning of the book, you tell the story of a friend of yours, Maggie, who has a wellness organization. And she was saying, she told you, I'm not a social enterprise. I don't do X, Y, Z. That would make me a social enterprise. And you challenged her with the question, well, how are you not a social enterprise? And she struggled to answer that question. And I, I thought that was an interesting thing. And, and you mentioned this several times throughout the book, these interactions that you have with businesses that you know that are doing really amazing work, but maybe not necessarily accessing that social enterprise label. But you also talk about how empowering it is when they are able to resonate with that label and adopt it. Um, so w what are your thoughts on all of this? Like, why why do you think this is? Yeah, I would say that that story is one of the reasons why I wanted to write the book in the first place. Um, I think for Maggie, her definition of social enterprise meant she had to be a nonprofit. Um, and I think if you have had the opportunity to think about social enterprise. Um, you know, many of us, historically, it does come from the nonprofit sector. And so maybe that's where a lot of people are getting their start. So I, I think that that's where she began. Like, without question, she did feel like she was making a, a level of social impact. She was trying to change corporate America at that moment in time and, and consult large organizations, really helping C-suite people at the top think differently about wellness, um, even to the basics of not viewing employees as numbers, but really human beings. Um, so she she was aware that she was having an impact, um, but she was not associating this social enterprise label to that. But I think one of the reasons why it's so difficult is goes back to my question about what is good and what isn't good. Um, the more I ask the question to people around me, the more I realize that everybody has a little bit of a different answer. And so 
very quickly you realize this word good is not this binary thing. Like who is in as a social enterprise, who is not in as a social enterprise is all a little bit squishy. Um, you know, so when it comes to defining what good means, we all probably can agree on some causes that organizations are a part of uh, that are trying to make an impact, like clean drinking water, um, rescuing women from really difficult situations, um, you know, or even modern day slavery. But other social causes exist that our society does not have a clear consensus on something that is good or not good. Uh, we are currently seeing that in our society today, really in the political landscape. And we see organizations supporting both sides of multiple issues. So they would both argue that they are doing good work, even if one organization may be exactly opposite of my perspective. And so it gets really squishy fast. And I think that that's one of the things that's challenging. Uh, the other thing I think that is challenging specifically with Maggie's story is that uh, she was doing a level of good, but she wasn't like giving back. And that's what her definition was including. Uh, but lot, a lot of different businesses and organizations are doing some level of good, even in their most basic service. So like I'm a coffee roaster. Um, I have a three and five year old kid and just the having really good coffee in the middle of like a 5 a.m. wake up call that is unexpected is kind of nice, right? Mm -hmm. So there's like this level of social good that I feel about giving really good coffee to parents that are getting up at 5 a.m. like me, um, <laughs> as well as, of course, we're making a difference in other places of the world. And so the idea of good, um, you know, car manufacturers helping us think through uh, increasing safety of vehicles or, you know, different transportation options or all of these things are trying to increase our society and better our society in some way, shape or form. So that's also where this definition good gets it really, it's just really complicated because lots of things can be considered good. Lots of things that some people consider good are not good by others. And how much is good enough? You know, if yeah. you reach, if we give back 10% of our profits, is that good enough? Or should we strive to give 11% back? Um, you know, again, like if we give 10% of our profits away, but in order to make whatever product that we have, we're ignoring the environment, does that make us still good or, you know, or not good? And you know what? I, I don't know the answer to that question. I think yeah. we just have to keep asking, how are we showing up? in all these different spaces and what's the next thing that we can do to be better at it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And all of that ties into a spectrum concept of social enterprise that you discuss in the book. And I want to get to that in a second. I also am just curious, like, do you think that the label of social enterprise, like adopting that label for yourself, like what kind of an impact do you see that having just kind of recognizing, oh, wait, yeah, I am a social enterprise. I don't have right. to check those boxes. Like, what kind of an impact does that have on these social entrepreneurs? Yeah, for sure. Now, that's a fantastic question. And it's it's funny because if you listen to what I just said, I'm kind of like, everybody can be in. And that is definitely one of the messages that I wanted to portray in the yeah. book. That said, I do think it is very important to have a strong 
definition of what social enterprise means. I pre- I really love SEA's definition of social enterprise. And what it helps me to do, if I'm talking to whoever, it could be a brewery, it could be another coffee roaster, that definition that's clearly defined helps me to kind of point people, hey, this is what we're going to try to get to. Um, so it, it's really helpful in that regard. Uh, it is also helpful for the consumer when there is a certain level of vetting that has happened. What we're trying to do is give as much information to the consumer. These are good organizations. Here's what they're doing. And we've vetted them. They are actually doing the thing that they say they're going to do. And when you're uh, armed with information as a consumer, then you get to make the choices to where your dollars go. Yeah, that's awesome. That's super helpful. So back to this concept of this spectrum of social enterprise, I'm just going to read a little section that you wrote about it. Um, So you say, for the purposes of this book, I'd like to view social enterprise as a spectrum as opposed to a concrete set of criteria. My goal is to encourage and empower any and all businesses to start making a positive impact today, no matter where they currently stand on the spectrum of good. I believe that when you boil it down to its simplest form, every business can be a social enterprise. And then you go on to say, that means no matter what your business's model is today or what labels you have or have not put on it, you can start making a beneficial change right now. So you've kind of, you've kind of shared a little bit about that already, but you know, I'd love to just dive into this a little bit more. Like, what does that kind of mean and, and why is it so important? Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, part of my personal belief and, and what I cling to for my own optimism is that there's a little bit of good in everybody. Well, that means, you know, businesses are made up of people. And so I kind of start with this fundamental belief that there's a little bit of good in every business. Um, and if I want to see the impact that I envision, you know, or that I hope to see through our network of SEA even, uh, we really need as many people to take part as possible. So as I was unpacking and, and talking to other people, sometimes I would you know, just see the reactions like, well, but I work at, you know, name whatever corporation, what good am I going to be able to do? And I'm like, no, 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 you, you don't understand. Like you're, you can be a part of your, the supply chain and trying to think through better decisions. And we're seeing corporate America make some changes. We're seeing a focus of how do we use DEI in our supply chain? How do we, you know, add diversity in, you know, in our hiring practices? How do we have a a clean impact? How do we source raw materials without destroying everything in the process? So they are participating. Um, I'm not saying that corporate America is going to become a social enterprise anytime soon. But if I want them to take their impact further, uh, like I use in the book, the like a scale of one to 100, and, and I, let's pretend I have an opportunity to meet with an executive um, if I want them to see a way that they can make a difference, I think it would be detrimental to the conversation if I would list out all the things that they do horribly wrong, even if that is all true. You know, I want to start with the good first. Like, hey, guys, this is what you're doing really well. Here's here's how I see you doing um, adding diversity in your supply chain. Here's how I see that you're coming alongside your employees and wellness and starting to make some traction. Did you know that you could also do this? Like one small shift in your thinking could maybe add second chance employment. You know, because you're already doing some valuable training work over here. 
you could add a training program to what already exists in you and a new focus and add in second chance employment as one of your initiatives and make a significant impact. That probably still would not make that corporation a social enterprise. But if it's on a scale of one to a hundred instead and they're already at a one or a two, you know, think about the impact that a, a large organization could have just by going to a three, right? If that's the thing that made them into a three. I'm a small business. Whatever impact I might have at the end of my run, they would dwarf it just by moving the needle one degree. And I think that that's what's really important to keep uh, in mind as we're trying to think about how we all can be doing this. And it's going to require the change that we want to see in the world. It's going to require that all of us are participating. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. I think, uh, like I mentioned before, there's just a very optimistic tone to this book, which I appreciate. Um, and you've, you've shared a little bit about that too. Even in the section where you talk about the spectrum, you kind of share about someone who is maybe like lower, like a lower score, like earlier on in their social enterprise journey. That's exciting because there's so much impact potential that they have, you know, even more so than an organization that's already doing well and already making an impact. So just kind of framing it through the lens of this opportunity and this potential that we all have, I think is a really cool way of viewing it. Yeah. Well, and it's really fun for me when I get to meet, you know, there was a story, I think I shared this in the book too, of a a young woman that was making candles in the Cincinnati area. And, you know, I got introduced to her and she's like, I really, my kids have allergies. And I'm so I'm trying to like get really good ingredients to make candles. And I was like, oh, you're a social enterprise, <laughs> uh, you know, because, again, I, I love starting there. And she hadn't heard of the term. And, you know, so then I was unpacking it. I'm like, you're making my home safer. Like you're giving me an option that I didn't know existed. That's something that I want. And and, you know, I you got to see her eyes light up and realizing the impact that she was having in a new way, uh, it only helped her think about, oh, wow, that's interesting. Well, yeah. So if I'm doing that, how am I treating my employees? Like, you know, it, it's like once you start down this path, it's really hard to not see how you can have impact in a, so many different other ways. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a powerful way of viewing it. I love it. So the majority of the book is centered around the concept of this, you call it the seven seeds. So I want to give you the chance to talk about what are those seeds? What does that mean? And, you know, why did you choose that metaphor for this book? Yeah, well, it's it's kind of a summary of what we've talked about, how the whole thing is an opportunity of growth. Um, so the title of the book is Radical Business. And um for me, you know, one of the definitions is how do we get back to the root of what we're really talking about? Uh, and one, we talked about how I think all businesses have an opportunity to do something good. They're probably already doing something good. But even the most radical definition is this idea of I think what we might be talking about here is treating other people the way you want to be treated, which is what we all learned in kindergarten. And so radical in Latin means root or origin. It's where we get the word radish as a root vegetable. And so there's this play on kind of the plants and growth uh, that is throughout the whole book. And so if the root definition of social enterprise is this poster that we learned in kindergarten, then the question 
quickly evolves into, well, if I'm a business that's made up of a person and my role in my business is to treat other people the way I want to be treated, what people groups do I interact with? Our story with Latera begins in our supply chain. How do we pay living wages? Um, but it very quickly evolves into if I'm about living wages in another part of the world, I really need to be about living wages here in, in the U.S. and with my team. And also, I like I like to have a good team culture, and I like coming to work every day where everyone enjoys each other's company. Um, so that's another people group, right? And then I started just to ask, well, what are all of the other peoples? And there were these seven groups. So our customer, how do we treat them the way we want to be treated? Um, for us, the way that looks like we want to be high quality and social mission is the second category. They're like neck and neck, but um, we want you to buy our coffee because it's amazing. And of course it has social impact too. Like you can't untangle them, but uh, the quality is our first focus. And that's kind of our internal way to say, we want to treat the customer the way we want to be treated because we don't want to manipulate you to buy our coffee. Like we want you to buy it because it's really good, not because it has this cause to it. Um, how do we treat the community? Not everyone that you know lives by our roastery buys our coffee, but they're still my neighbor. How are we impacting our competitor? That one's really tough. But our perspective is we want to radically change how we buy coffee from around the world. Again, I'm not going to be able to do that by myself. So how do we cheer our competitors on um, that are also doing it really well? And the ones that are not, how do we encourage them to join the party? Uh, and I love the coffee sector. I, I really think that we have an opportunity to set a new standard for international trade. Because there are so many roasters that are doing something similar to what we're doing. So that's really um, difficult, but very, very important if we want to think about large impact. Um, and then how are we treating the environment? Of course, we're all part of this world. And so that should be a consideration. And then finally, kind of um, the one I think is the most difficult, actually, or at least is for me, is how do we take care of ourselves? And so... Uh, you know, most people that I know are in this sector are, we're really good at taking care of other people, putting other people first in line. At some point, we do have to, you know, put our own oxygen mask on and, and take care of ourselves so that we can continue to take care of other people. And so that's really the, the seven seeds laid out. And then, um, I, I continue with the analogy. Every one of those sections has a plant water grow. And, and so what I want you to do is to think through like, what is the thinking behind it and what, what's the own internal planting of the seed of the idea to treat yourself the way you want to be treated? <laughs> uh, you know, how do we take that concept and let it sit in your mind? Uh, what is then the practical application probably more on your personal side than it is your business side? And then the grow being how do I take it to my organization and really help them take that? So the story I like to share with the plant section is um, for me, what was one of the more impactful moments of owning a coffee roasting business was going on a trip to Honduras. It was a direct trade relationship we had with a woman-owned farm. And we walked up to the 70-year-old woman just sorting the different coffee beans. And basically, there's three categories. Specialty coffee, that's what I'm buying. Mid-tier coffee, that's typically what's going to be at a Starbucks. And then instant coffee. So, you know, that's that's not very good, but it is what it is. So someone's job is to sort that out. And, and, um, I did not know that job existed. And when we walked up to the table, she had just this huge smile. She just had so much joy doing her work. 
I felt good because I knew that her wages were, you know, she was earning a living wage for her community. And, um, you know, I walked away from that realizing like, that's why we work so hard to be really good at what we do because our work is really a reflection of her work. Um, so that seed of the idea is what took me and, and the sourcing seed into more practical application. So now when I think about a grocery store, what I've, what I learned in that moment was there's so many jobs that exist that I'm not aware of. So when I go to the grocery store and I'm buying a package of chicken, there here's, here's an animal that gave its life. Here is someone who's probably standing on their feet for very long hours, probably underpaid and probably not great working environment. Um, there is someone who raised the chicken. So got up at 5 a.m. to feed it. Like all of these things are, and all of these people uh, are required to put this together so I can buy, you know, spend $10, buy three breasts of chicken and go grill it and have dinner. So the mindfulness of that is, I think, the most important piece as we be, all begin the journey. Uh, you know, so for me, it might be a split second at the grocery store or to actually take 10 seconds to essentially meditate and thank all the people that were involved and just be aware that they exist and are necessary for this product. So I think of that, like, that's an example of the plant section of the supply chain and the more awareness we have. And then how does that translate into the more products we buy as individuals? And then ultimately, how does that translate to our organizations and, and our procurement policies? That's awesome. Yeah. I love to see, to see how this metaphor just kind of continued on over the course of the book um, and how it really is. It really is a planting process and you have to tend to it. You have to water it. You have to let it grow. Um, and I think that there's just so much, so much opportunity for uh, impact and potential. So, yeah. um, well, I'd love to end by asking you, where can people buy your book? Yeah, no. Well, again, it came out today. So this is really great. But yeah, like ultimately, this is why I do the work for SCA. This is why I love serving the organization. And um, it's available now everywhere you buy it. Uh, so if you buy your books on Amazon, feel free to buy it there. Reviews are super helpful on the way that they put their algorithms together. Um, if you buy it from your local bookstore, request it. If you want to get it from your library, request it. It's in all the major distribution channels. So it's available uh, wherever you buy your books. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, thanks, David. This was so much fun to chat with you and reverse the roles a little yeah, bit and yeah. uh, get to hear about this awesome book that you've been working on. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much. And we'll both be back next week. Yeah. <laughs>